0: Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten & Track Podcast. Hope you're all doing well today. Another week, another episode. And this is a great one. Today's guest is Jade Adams. Now, I think it's safe to say that 2018 has pretty much been Jade's year. Everywhere you look in comedy, all the reviews from Edinburgh, everybody's talking about Jade. And when you listen to this podcast, if you haven't seen her stand-up, you'll see why. She's ridiculously funny, uh, super smart, and just bloody lovely. Um, Jade is also the girlfriend of Rich Wilson, former guest uh, and buddy of mine. So it was nice. Rich turned up um, when we finished, and then we all hung out some more. It was just a really, really lovely evening. Um Jade's great you're going to really enjoy this um chose some songs that haven't sort of featured from any of the previous guests really sort of some genres that we haven't really touched on yet so that was that was good fun to do um just quickly before we get on to the the podcast itself a, a couple of thank yous um thanks to Mr 76 for producing this thanks to uh, my name is ad for doing all the artwork on this. Um, Big thank you to Scroobis Pip and all my family at the Distraction Pieces Network. And if you do like this podcast and you want to know if there's other stuff available, then there is. There's a Patreon page. And on that Patreon page, um, each week I release uh, another episode, whether that be a, a radio show style podcast or another interview style one like this. So there's loads of stuff over there um, and that's on patreon.com forward slash off the and track podcast. Um, we've got t-shirts and stuff and loads of other bits and bobs. The best thing to do is there's a one-stop shop for everything off the and track and it's just Track www.offthebeatentrackpodcast.com Head over there and that's got all the links and everything you need to know. So just go and have a little look. Anyway, I'm going to shut up and we can get on with a podcast. Please enjoy Off The Beat & Track podcast with the wonderful Jade Adams. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten and Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. with me stew with it. Right, we're recording. It's a Sunday evening. It's a very dismal evening in Greys. Um, looking out the window of the bar, you just see some dreary kind of rain and drizzle, and it doesn't matter because a ray of sunshine. Has, oh. has made its way into uh, into the in this evening, um, and it's the lovely Jade Adams. Hi, Stu. Are you all right?
2: Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, mate.
0: Good. Well, we've just met for the first time.
2: We have. Uh, you're, you're in a relationship with my boyfriend, aren't I'm, you?
0: Me and Rich are kind of going steady now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous, Jade. It really is. Like it. It was so weird because I saw Rich do stand up in Graves.
2: Yeah, you did. He told me about this, and I thought he
0: was good. I thought he was really—he was like the best I'd seen at that comedy night. Dan, I thought I'm going to go and see if you will come on a podcast, and then, oh, the rest is history. Uh, literally,
2: he, he adores you. Too much this is, in common. This isn't actually a podcast. I, I've come here to size you up because I, I, I I've come into his life. I don't like much like a lot of women do into their blokes' lives, and I've gone, "No, he shit. He can go. I don't like him. Off he goes. I'm like the Yoko owner of his life.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant, right, now I'm under pressure, mm-hmm. right, I've got to deliver. Um, all right, well thank you so much for doing this anyway.
2: My absolute pleasure, I love talking about music.
0: Excellent, excellent, and the the song choices you sent over, a couple I reckon I thought, yeah, that makes sense, and there was a couple I was really surprised at. Oh
2: really? Yeah,
0: so we'll we're, we're, we're work our way through that. So let's let's get things started, we track one, which yeah. is the song with the greatest intro.
2: Yes, the Blue Danube. Mm-hmm by Johann strauss which is a classical uh, number Have other people offered classical um classical songs before no. i feel like i'm a maverick i'm a bit punk because i'm going for the classical option but i love classical music i like uh listening to music that transports me into uh some sort of imaginary state so when i'm listening to it i imagine that i'm on a dance floor, and I'm about to do a waltz with my partner. Because okay. the first time I heard this piece of music was in Strictly Ballroom with Baz, by Baz Luhrmann, mm-hmm. and it's the it's the basically the opening track to the entire film, um, and they it it, it wind, I, the reason I love it is it winds up so it starts and it's really grand and it's really big and I love music that just sort of builds up to a massive crescendo which mm-hmm. this which this does but it's it just makes me feel makes me feel really grand uh it makes me feel really excited and i just love to be able to sit and listen to a piece of music and imagine that i'm somewhere else and this re- sometimes when a piece of music has lyrics i get really distracted by the thing that they're talking about because there's always some sort of agenda or ideal behind lyrics Whereas classical music is open to interpretation mm-hmm. and there's nothing I like better than something that can communicate to everyone and not just to a, a certain demographic of people. And, I, and that's, that, that's why I love classical music so much.
0: I've never, and, it's, and it was a beautiful thing to say, I've never heard anyone say that a song makes them feel grand yeah (laughs) that's so lovely
2: I like walking down the road like I'm uh, like you know other people don't need to feel this way about me but like walking down the road feeling out of the bee's knees Mm -hmm. um, and, and pieces of music like this definitely do it do
0: you listen to music when you're walking about
2: yeah but only soundtracks
0: Oh really? Yeah. Do you picture yourself in a film when you're listening?
2: Every single time. Yeah. There's a couple of songs on the list actually where that okay. happens. Um but I, uh, Rich says it all the time. He was like all of your musical interests are are all soundtracks and musicals. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's it's really really true. A lot of the music I've listened to, I've heard it on something before.
0: So does that kind of attachment like just give you a fixed sort of visual for for what it is or do you like when you're like you're walking I probably got try and get this out right. So, for instance, I know that Strictly Ballroom's a big film for you because when you was on Brett's podcast... I said
2: it there too, ...that you, yeah. you
0: spoke quite quite a lot about um, the importance of that film. Um, so when you hear that music, do you, does that just literally take you to that film? Or can you... If you're walking down the road, will you picture yourself in something or...
2: I, well, the movie is what I'm doing at that moment. Right. So, I'm, uh, so I am So I imagine that I am the leading lady in a rom-com normally is where I am. Right. Um, and so everything that happens to me when I'm... Walk- I find it much easier to handle other people when I've got a soundtrack in my ear because it means that every single weird thing or something that might piss me off or someone might bump into me is all part of a narrative that I'm constructing in my head when I'm walking down the road. Really? Because I find London travelling really quite problematic I find people um, walking into me I find people not waiting for uh, people to get off the tube before they go all of it's really problematic it's why we've moved to Essex mm-hmm. because I just don't think London's got anything for me really it's just too rude I'm, I'm used to living in a place where people talk to each other and people know that other people are living around them but London it's, no one gives a shit everyone's got a mission and they're on it so yeah. if I give myself a soundtrack it means I've got a mission but it also means I can be a bit more tolerant of people, I suppose. And I feel, I get really emotive. I, I'm really emotive with music. There has been times where I, I, I will listen to the same thing over and over and over and over again. I've got like a really obsessive. I said this on Brett's as well, but I've got a really obsessive personality. So if I like a song, I will listen to it until I don't want to listen to it. anymore. I'm exactly the same. Yeah.
0: Exactly the same. Like I, I just think. I have to kind of completely deconstruct the song. I have to kind of understand it. I have to attach a really strong visual kind of picture to it as well. And like, but I, I, I have to sort of see things when I when I hear it as well. I have to kind of, especially if there's lyrics, I have to picture the video and like, and I'm making that video and and like, yeah, I just, it's wonderful though that like, the mind can get lost in stuff like that, right? Just yeah. through sticking some headphones on and having a stroll about.
2: Well, escapism is the reason why we all enjoy entertainment unfortunately for some forms of entertainment that is massively popular at the moment, people are no longer escaping and they're wanting to be constantly reminded how terrible everything is all the time. And then they, you know, and then everyone claps and they will feel masters of the universe because everyone's what grieving. You, what do you mean by that? Well, like, you know, comedy, for example, there's a lot of sort of preachy comedy. There's a lot of like, like whenever I watch the Apollo show, um, all of my favourite people are people that have done like pure stand-up, like a good solid story jokes and punchlines and then get out of there. But there's a lot of comedy at the moment which is popular and it's got its own merit but it's very like it's serious and talking about world issues in a way but I just don't think comedians are politicians. And and music for example, like I'll, I'll talk about music that probably other people won't like but things like Taylor Swift and Ariana Grande, like just write good music why, why you got to your boyfriends off in every single song? Like Ariana Grande she has recently uh Brought out a song called thank you next encouraging a load of working class girls to be really dismissive of people that don't treat them very well instead of understanding or compassionate or another form of, of, of trying to deal with a situation rather than mm-hmm. going mm, thank you next but the video is basically every single person in showbiz that could be in it all saying thank you next to her ex-boyfriend and then yesterday her ex-boyfriend puts out a little suicidal Instagram post and she's all surprised about it now I I, I don't know whether I'm correct or not, but maybe he felt a little bit like, um, maybe he felt a little bit insecure after the entire world of showbiz have all said thank you next to him. Yeah. And I just feel like it's all very well that you need to sell your albums and you need to sell your music, but just write good music.
0: Sell it on the mirror of that alone.
2: Like, I know Michael Jackson's problematic for people, but Michael Jackson used to just sell his music on his music alone. The guy... Could, might have been a paedophile people still buy his music because his music is brilliant like I'm not saying the paedophiles are right before yeah. anyone said anything but the, 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 the level of uh, the standard of music nowadays that's being churned out is not the way it was and I probably sound really old when I say that because I know that when I was younger I heard my parents saying things like oh music's not what it used to be yeah. but also music di- hasn't like all of these agendas that people are attaching to their, to, to their music nowadays. Like I just don't think singers and musicians and actors and, and comedians are politicians. And I think we should be staying away from, uh, from, uh, from thinking that we've got the answer because we don't have the answer. No one has the answer. Yeah. This is why we get a load of stuffy white people to go and deal with it. Cause none of us want to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it's not just white people. Well, I mean, it's a Tory party, is it? majority The majority of them are white. But I, I just think that our jobs as performers is to let people escape.
0: Absolutely. And
2: I know I'm saying this whilst preaching about something, so I understand the irony of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But this is why I really enjoy music that doesn't test my opinions on stuff or I enjoy any form of entertainment that doesn't basically try and sort of change my mind because i am or i you know i just think people are better than that i just think that musicians could be better than that rather than like attaching some sort of oh my boyfriend split up with me here's a song where i go i'll give you an example other people have done breakup music like adele has done breakup music Mm -hmm. she's never named and shamed the guy yeah she's sold millions and millions of records she's not everyone's taste She sold millions and millions of records. She has connected millions of people together through her music. She didn't name and shame him. We all know he exists somewhere. And all we get to imagine is this this one guy Mm -hmm. living in a one-bedroom house somewhere, cringing that he didn't treat her better. But there's no one being like vilified yeah, for, for for something that I, yeah like breakups are all they're, they're so complicated and it's not just black and white but yeah. you know when ariana grande puts out that video it looks like she was the victim and yeah. he was the he was the prick but i'm sure you know i'm sure that it was a much more colorful experience than that it's not
0: classy either is it no
2: it's not dignified
0: like just just be nice Mm. Simple, right?
2: Just be nice, but being nice isn't popular, and being nice doesn't sell your albums, Stu.
0: I guess not. But then that goes back to what you say—that good music will sell itself. Michael Jackson may have had his faults, and whether the the really bad faults were true or not, people are buying them records because they're just perfect pop records. Yeah. And like
2: Prince, use Prince. Exactly. He didn't fuck Kids. Uh, <laughs> 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 we that we know of. <laughs> Prince is an example. Yeah. You didn't know anything about him. Yeah. I just miss the time where we didn't know anything about our celebrities. But that's,
0: that, that's the best thing. Like, that's the best thing, Job, right? And I'll tell you what, right? Like, uh, and I know a lot of people fucking hate him, right? But I, I, I love Morrissey, right? No one knows fuck all about him.
2: Mm-mm. No one knows. Everyone just makes it up.
0: And, like, and he says some dumb shit and he toys with the press and he, you know, every now and again. But no one knows anything about his life, and and the same with, with with Michael Stipe from REM, no one knows anything about him. Anyone know what Bono's wife looks like? Yeah like have you ever seen Bono's Wife I haven't no I like, don't know what
2: Bono's Wife looks like um, she hasn't got a it's like John Legend and, and Chrissy Teigen like she's I don't his, know
0: Chrissy Teigen she's
2: his wife right but we know about her we see her breastfeeding her children on Instagram yeah. and stuff and like her husband's cre- you know it's not again well actually do you know what I'll say it out loud <laughs> I like some of John Legend's songs that's right John right. Legend makes people uh, makes music for white people to dance to at their weddings as someone else said on the internet <laughs> the other day
0: <laughs>
2: but so Some of his tunes are good, but now, every time I think of John Legend, I think of his wife breastfeeding their child on Instagram and going, how dare you say that I can't breastfeed my child on Instagram? I'm not saying you can't, mate. Why don't you just let your husband be like an amazing musician rather than having to have a social media world? Uh, Like, like, why don't you go and do something really well and then stop putting your tits and your babies on the internet? Like, go and just... Achieve something before you do that. Yeah. I know naysayers out there will be like, "Yeah, but she hosts, she hosts the lip sync battle, and she d- like, and she was a model, but she's not anymore. She's a mum yeah. putting her tits on the internet. Yeah. Like, and and now I think when I think of John Legend, I I I used to think of John Legend and go, "Doesn't he write really beautiful romantic music? Oh, that must be a lucky woman out there. Yeah. And now I think, oh, John Legend, he probably wrote this while she was breastfeeding. On Instagram. On Instagram
0: slammed <laughs> track two Jade go on the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you
2: this was Streets of Philadelphia by Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. I was travelling on a um, I'd watched Jerry Springer not Jerry Springer no I'd watched Jerry Maguire yes <laughs> Jerry Maguire not Jerry Springer totally different film yeah. um, I watched I Jer- love that film I love Jerry Maguire it's a great film Mm. Tom Cruise is a really great actor Mm. I will not hear any bad words said about him another person we don't really know Yeah. we don't really know what he's about I think we want to know I think he's mad but also I know people that have worked with him brag Um, like I'm on about like taxi drivers and stuff that have driven him but I knew his taxi driver for when he was filming the Mission Impossible and he was like nicest guy you'll ever meet he's a really terrific bloke he doesn't he actually questions he remembers your name he like he he cares he like gave his wife like a little gift when it was christmas when they were driving and like he's a really hard working man and he was in top gun and he was in top gun
0: what more do you I need pledge.
2: but jeremy maguire um uh, I was listening to that and uh, Bruce Springsteen has a song called Secret Garden on that mm-hmm. which is another song that. that's
0: a lovely song it's such
2: a lovely song it's another song that I get really deeply uh, emotional it's about
0: it's a little soft synth playover thing isn't it do, do. yeah yeah and it's like the romantic part of the film isn't it is it yeah. when it's
2: he goes and he goes. Um, so he comes in the room and um, he says, uh, "You complete me." That's it. Yeah.
0: It's that scene, isn't it? Yeah. Cool and all her friends are in the room. That's the one. And yeah. she's
2: there and she goes, "You had me at hello." Yeah. And then it comes in. Yeah. And then that's they snog. It. And then uh, John, have you seen Jonathan Lipnicki, the little kid, that her son,
0: the, the cute one with the glasses. He's a bodybuilder now. No way. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's 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 buff.
0: Wow. Still
2: got the little kid head, though, on top of a But It's a bit weird. It's <laughs> like, have you seen Hayley Joe Osmond? That's kid all
0: sorts six... of weird. His head grew, but his face didn't. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, all right, so, okay, so Streets of Philadelphia, then.
1: Cause...
2: So, basically, how I found that song was because I, I got obsessed with the Secret Garden song from Jerry Maguire... And then I looked uh, for more sad songs by Bruce Springsteen because I couldn't listen to it. As I said, I listened to it so much I got bored of it, but I still wanted to feel that way. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I've got to look at other music and found Streets of Philadelphia. And then I found that it was attached to a film yeah. about gays. And I don't know if you know much about me, Stu, but I am au fait with the gays.
0: I am aware of that.
2: Um, and I uh, And I also have... I know a lot of people with HIV, and it's a. Uh, uh, I was chatting to someone about this the other day during AIDS Day the other day, which is a lot of people don't sort of uh, get uh, uh, don't understand about HIV and AIDS, and it was mm-hmm. a sort of quite a forward movie in a way that it, it sort of in the nineties.
0: So, can you remember that coming out of that film?
2: Uh, I no, I remember my parents having a conversation about it because I would have been what like what year was that?
0: What? I reckon maybe. 90
2: maybe, yeah, 90 90. I
0: thought it was like, I'd have been six. So I, I was what I, I reckon I was probably about 16 17, something like that. And I, aside from that song, which is beautiful, um, it was around the time that there was you probably, you see it now in this documentaries about the like the late 80s and the early 90s. That advert where you know it was like there these big stones dropped down that like spelt out the word AIDS. Followed by this kind of tagline of "Don't die of ignorance," and that was the big campaign. Wow! And and it just like put a lot of fear into. To, like, for me, I, I didn't know what it was. And then, you know, the, the only people that anybody knew that had had, had AIDS was Rock Hudson. Can he, can
2: he ever? I believe. Kenny Everett ever had it? And, um, and Freddie, Mercury. Freddie Mercury.
0: And and that was pretty much it. And
2: I always go to say Freddie Krueger. <laughs> I, I think
0: he's still with us.
2: I think he's still there. What is he called? Something London, isn't he? Yeah. Richard London? Or is there something like that? Um, yeah, but, yeah, I wasn't around then.
0: And it, I, and it was just, no one knew anything about it. And, and the, the, that government campaign didn't really do anything to educate anybody. It just put the fucking fear of Christ up everyone that that it was just this awful thing and <coughs> you was going to die. Yeah. And, and And that's probably not the best way to kind of, Raise awareness and educate people as to something that, you know, is, is something that needed to be spoke about and, and brought to the, the the wider attention of the public. But that wasn't the way to do it.
2: No, it was not. Well, the also the idea that it was only like homosexuals that got AIDS as well, mm-hmm. which was not true. Yeah. Um, and that being and and then they basically attached being gay means you get AIDS, so don't be gay. Was yep. basically the what they. If anyone is uh, wondering about HIV or AIDS in any way, go and have a look at the Terence Higgins Trust because it'll tell you some stuff about it that you didn't know. Like, for example, people who are HIV positive live long, happy, normal lives. There's something called PrEP or PEP or PrEP. Um, and it's, uh, it's drugs that you can take so people live with it like people live with diabetes mm-hmm. but loads of people don't know that I've got loads of friends who are HIV, are HIV positive and they will live to their 80 or yeah. they'll live till 70 or they'll get knocked down by a bus tomorrow yeah. and also the other thing people don't know is it's not cont- like, contagious like the the likelihood like spit for example the likelihood that uh the aids or hiv virus will be in uh in the the globule spit that you that you got is is so very unlikely that the 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 contagious contagious aspect of it was very much a 90s uh problem Mm -hmm. because it it isn't that contagious people can uh, fuck pack and still not get it from other people. Mm. Of course it is contagious and people yeah. can get it and so you should definitely not do that with people. But this idea that these people are, are ugh, you shouldn't be anywhere near them and they're you know they're, they're going to infect you it isn't true. And what I loved about this movie was they showed that. Mm. They showed someone who had it um, and then you 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 see he's got a loving partner that also doesn't have it, and that they're touching each other, and there's love, and there's a connection between the two of them. But and and it, I mean it's very forward for the 90s isn't It's really it? forward. And this song is the song that they play at the end when he's died. And I remember when I was fourteen years old and I was travelling to Germany with a school trip, and the coach journey was nine and a half hours, and I listened to it on repeat. I like listened to. I listened to no other track. I just listened to that and looked out the window for nine hours. Or hour. it, might, it might have been a longer journey, actually. But I listened to it for a very long time. Got really obsessed with it.
0: Clearly. Nine hours. Nine hours. of streets. Off, street, off streets of
2: Philadelphia. Isn't it mad? <laughs>
0: you could have walked to fucking Philadelphia in that time.
2: Some That's therapist re- somewhere will explain to me why I do that. But I, Rich says it all the time. I really love melancholy. I love, I love the experience of feeling sad and having a good cry. I, I really enjoy it
0: no one puts steps on when they feel sad do they
2: you uh, no that's basic that's very true yeah you wouldn't put five, six, seven, eight on when you're like grieving why would you
0: you put on something really fucking miserable and and kind of indulge that right but I don't think that's a bad thing I think like it's an emotion it's there to be explored and it's there to
2: it's lovely yeah I I I love the emotion it means that I stop being so hysterical everywhere else because I've had a good cleansing cry yeah um, and um, it's like bitching, having a good bitch with someone that you trust. You have mm. a good, uh, my friends, live and George, who are um, performers, border and Maurice. So you should see them, they're great. Um, they call it a good cleansing bitch. It just gets rid of the demons. and yeah. It's the same with crying, especially if you've got stuff to be sad about as well. Like, I don't suffer with mental health issues, and what I've been through in my life, I probably should mm-hmm. have had some sort of mental health issue, but I've got a really, I'd say, quite a um, healthy approach to feeling sad I just allow myself to feel sad and it doesn't mean anything
0: and go to Germany and listen to straight to yeah, Philadelphia f- oh for nine God, hours I mean
2: <laughs> I haven't listened to it since <laughs> but nine, nine half hours it might have been longer I don't know how long it takes to get to Germany but I know it was a long old time I was yeah. on, that, on that couch for
0: so where, where, was, you, where was you born Jo? Bristol Bristol ok and when you was when you was growing up in the, sort of the, the early years was there Music about at home?
2: Yes, there was uh, in Bristol. It was all about drum and bass.
0: And... I mean, more so more so indoors. Unless oh. your mum and dad were, were MCs, oh, like, were like, you know, just like <laughs> they, they have records on indoors. Oh well,
2: like Bristol's like known for like trip and now. Obviously, their drum and yeah, bass and yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. But my mum and dad, yes, we have we have a lot of music, and so yeah. I used to go like. Out of the three kids that my parents had, I was the... I'd say I was the one that they didn't have to worry about so much. So I used to just go off and listen to my parents' CDs. And they had things like the Michael Jackson History album. My dad is obsessed with... Not obsessed, but he really loves Steps and the Bangles. And he's got a very gay taste in music. Uh, Rich Wilson, he is not a gay. Mm -hmm. um, But my dad's has a very... uh, of camp taste in music. Um, Tina Turner, mum loves T-Rex. We... Oh, mum also loves like things like Andrea Bocelli and Sarah Brightman. So I sing opera, I sing popra now, but that's all because of my mum's love for sort of classical pop music. Right. Uh, like Time I've never heard the word
0: popra before. There you are. I like that.
2: Popra. Uh, yeah, Andrea Bocelli, Sarah Brightman. You know, like okay. popular opera, yeah, yeah, popular yeah. classical music, yeah. but the snobs would hate it. Yeah. That's what is. You know, pop music is basically rock music. Yeah. The snobs go, Ugh.
0: If Ministry of Sam put out an opera album, it would be the stuff that would be on there, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Brilliant.
2: Um, but, yeah, there was definitely music on always. I, I, I um, used to make up dances and stuff with with tracks with my sister. Yeah. And I remember coming up with this. Older a, than you? Two years older than yeah. me, yeah. So we used to just make up, like, little routines. Uh, the second album of the Michael Jackson history album has got a song on there called Little Susie. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned, the, like, the opening of it, you can hear... Uh, the little girl that sings the opening bit, she basically you hear her like walk up a path and then you hear like her breathing as well and then you like hear her wind up a a, a sort of music box and then you and then she hums. I I I know every single breath of that track. It's like the opening of Man in the Mirror. I know every hiccup and hee hee that he does and like I could lip sync the shit out of that, but I sing so I don't need to lip sync. But there was definitely music around. There was loads of it.
0: So Older sister, and you said you was one of three.
2: Yeah, I've got older brother, 10 years older. He liked Belinda Carlisle. He's 40, my brother's 44.
0: I read Belinda Carlisle's book last year. Um, I'm not a big Belinda Carlisle fan. I thought she was the hottest thing ever when I was growing That's up. That's why I liked her. As was Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles. Um, but I, someone said, oh, you should read her book. It's really interesting. My God, a truly awful person. Like, really? She was so horrible, like just ruined life after life after life. I, was, I mean, I had some serious addictions, uh, but like, oh, fucking hell. Like,
2: wow, I didn't know that. It's about a Belinda.
0: great read, All it's right. a great read. I didn't and, know that about uh, Belinda Carlisle, yeah, yeah, crazy. Like, we'll probably out party Keith Richards. <laughs> like. um,
2: you like Def Leppard as well,
0: okay? Yeah, so was it. Was you one of them people that had kind of go and sort of sniff around your brother's room for CDs and albums and? Everyone,
2: and... I nicked a bit from everyone, so I've got yeah. now got. Re- That's why that list is massively eclectic. Yeah. Because I just go and nick other people's music. Yeah. Rich Wilson and I actually have a playlist. I don't know if you mentioned this when he was on. No. We've got a playlist um, called "Kiss Me Until the Lights Change," okay. which is a sentence I said to him once when we were in the car at traffic lights. Um, I said to him, "Kiss me until the lights change," and then he was like, "Oh, that'd be a good album cover." So we called our playlist on Spotify, right? And we've had it our entire relationship, and it's basically like it's us. We send each other music, and sometimes yeah. we, if we'd argue, like you can see the the process of our relationship. So you see like the beginning stages, and then there's a bit with an argument, and then there's like really pointed <laughs> tracks on there, like "I hate you so much right now." So. <laughs> um, <Subtle. laughs> I miss you by Blink 182. Um, but we've got like a love playlist that we yeah. sort of uh put music on. We haven't done it in ages, actually. It means the love's disappeared now. That's um,
0: wonderful, though. Yeah,
2: it's, it's what nice. a cool thing to do! And um, yeah, we've got thousands of songs on it. And yeah. I just it's a good song for a, it's a good playlist because my music I sometimes get really embarrassed about because it's a lot of soundtracks, mm-hmm. but then I look really cool to other people because Rich, Rich's music comes on and Rich has got like a real sort of yeah, set for his obsession with the 80s.
0: Nothing wrong the 80s, James. Level
2: 42, mate. Are you into Level 42?
0: I'm not. And he chose Level 42 when he'd done this podcast.
2: Absolute, absolute gay. No, absolute, uh, what, a, what an absolute knobhead, Level 42.
0: <laughs> I did like that Level 42 song. I was a big fan of the band and I said to him on that, I didn't know that song was by Level 42 so I mean the best thing to do people is go back and listen to the episode of Be Rich because it's a uh, so good but he did say something he said that one of the things he likes to do is if everybody kind of comes back to yours after the, a few beers and that he kind of hogs the music
2: he'll DJ all night no, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah are you and not territorial about that
2: I don't care no yeah I can do it like I'm I'm a good I did I DJed in a, an hour's car journey the other day with all my friends and they all loved it and they were like they were behind, there was three DJs in the car uh like pro, like ones that earn money from it yeah and um they were like shouting out stuff I should put on I was like no I'm gonna put on my tracks yeah. so I put on George Michael's Go Outside right. but that's Rich Wilson's thing he told me he was like no matter where you are who you're with if you put that song on people will dance so I put that I put Uptang Funk on which is another, another can't song. go wrong with that everyone well, everyone would dance to that yeah. I put Black Belt on by John Grant which is another one of those sort of uh, get, uh, black and gold Sam Sparrow okay they loved it yeah and they st- they shut up and then I put Womanizer from Britney Spears
0: that's always going to go alright yeah track three Jade the song that reminds you of your time at school
2: um Another song I got obsessed with, I used to have it on cassette, was uh, Donna Lewis' I Love You Always Forever.
0: I didn't know what this was when you sent it, and so when you sent these over, like, I knew most of them, so I was like, go on Spotify and just, just have a little refresh, and then as soon as this came on, I thought, of course I know this, but I didn't, I'd forgotten all about it, and I didn't know who it was by, but it was one of them songs that was rinsed everywhere when it came out, wasn't it? So... It was
2: everywhere. I, I used to go out with a lad um, called Tom Frost at uh, my secondary school. We had a sort of on and off thing for a long time uh, in our in year seven. And uh, this song was out just at the end of that. And so I used to like... What's year
0: seven, Jane? I'm, I'm a bit old Thirteen. School. Thirteen, 12 Twelve, right.
2: thirteen years old. Right. So I was about thirteen because I was born in November. So, right. yeah. Um, thir- uh, thirteen years old. Uh, I Love You Always Forever. I played it on repeat. And I used to like... So every time I fall in, in love with someone... Uh, it, throughout my entire life, there's always a song that goes along with them. There's like a sort of an obsessive song that I listen to. Um, for him It was "I Love You Always Forever."
0: Are you picturing him and you, Strictly Ballroom, Tom Frost, Jade Adams? Like,
2: no. um, where did we ever dance together? No, we just used to stand awkwardly and hold hands. <laughs> I once kissed him and his tongue started bleeding but it wasn't because of <laughs> it wasn't because of me it wasn't because of me Stu it was because he had an unstoppable gobstopper. stopper when we were at the cinema we were watching Independence Day and he in uh, his tongue started bleeding because of the thing he was eating but then all the rumours went around school that it was me who bit his tongue and I didn't, it wasn't me
0: how did that bode well for future boyfriends did that reputation procedure? you that I you... didn't have
2: many boyfriends after Tom at school Yeah. in fact none all the boys used to kiss me underneath the table
0: so did Tom not kind of go? Actually, it was the gobstopper.
2: He did, but by that point, it was it was a funny thing to like bully me about. Not bully—that's a wrong word. But you know, tease yeah. me about it was a yeah. A, 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 it was a yeah. It was a funny thing to tease me about after that. Yeah. So once something sticks, yeah, you can't really get uh, it
0: anything like that at school. You, you're fucked you? it, aren't <laughs> you? That's it. That's we're it. Five fair. years. There were. I it. didn't. I,
2: do you know what? I always sort of. I secondary school was fine. I, I I enjoyed it. I met some friends in uh, when I was in year uh, fourteen, fifteen, and then we just hung out in the music room and I learned to play piano and sing.
0: So did you feel a connection? But sort of previous to that, did you feel like because was you always quite creative?
2: I no, I wasn't until I was fourteen. But that was only because. I had only done dance up until that point. And then I met these girls who play piano, play violin. They were like posh girls. Mum and, mum sent me to a really posh school because um, uh, she didn't want me to end up in a shit school. And okay. Because she wanted me to sort of expand my horizons. And, and was, you, was
0: you a working class family? Yeah. Okay. So, so we, how was that?
2: We, went, we didn't go to private school. Yeah. So it was just a good comprehensive school. So we yeah. went to the best in the area. And we got in because mum sent me to church for seven years. So we could get into the school, and she'd always known that she wanted us to go there, so she sent us to uh, sent us to church. she never used to come, she's not religious, yeah, but we used to go to Sunday school and then uh we got we got on on a vicar's recommendation me and my sister wow. but there's very few working class people in the school there were some, but not as many as there were posher kids
0: did you did you feel different?
2: Yeah, I had the accent, none of the other girls did. oh really yeah I was very the accent the accent was a thing because I try to get rid of it. Uh, when I was at school, really, I used to put on a posh accent and I'd go home. And Mum, would be like, like I changed the way I said bath. I said bath. Right. She would be like, "That's not who you are."
0: Fucking hell.
2: Mm. Fucking hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you then, you then find the music room and you find. Like-minded people there?
2: I find girls that I get on really well with. Okay. Um, uh, who I get on really well with, and then uh, I watched one of them play a piano for a year, and then I sat down and played one at a summer serenade for my parents. I learned how to play Titanic by watching over the top of someone's shoulder. So I learned how to play... Yeah, go on. This is water, Stew is pouring. It is, it is. Just yeah. water.
1: It's
2: just water. Do you want a bit of that?
0: Nah, that's alright.
2: You got another one? Yeah. You pour a big glass, mate.
0: That's all right, mate.
2: Big glass of water.
0: Um, and so you then did you then start learning music?
2: Yeah, so I I did GCSE music and I uh, got an A star. Uh, I'd only played start playing piano a year before, so it was sort of a big deal. I opened my results on BBC webs on the BBC News. Uh, the teacher said, "Oh Jade, we think you should open because they'd sort of come to the school and suggested that they want well, a couple of the kids," and then. Uh, they suggested that I did it, because my results were a surprise to everyone. because um, if had I had just sort of stayed in the situation I was in in my first year of school, I'd probably ended up not doing very well. Yeah. but because I met these well- to do girls that worked hard, I sort of they, I, they had a bit of influence on me, but I got really good grades, a star, an a, a couple of B's, a C and a D for maths and uh, science, but I never needed them, so that's fine. But um, all the practical stuff uh, I got, I scored very well on. So they made me open my results. I remember looking at the music uh, thing, I went, I got this funny little star thing for it. And then one of my friends was like, That's an A star. It was a, an incredible moment because I'd only learnt to play piano the year before. And, and the only experience of music I had is listening to my dad's ABBA album.
0: So using that as an example, then, that, that you know, say ABBA, yeah? Yeah. And so learning how to play the piano, did that then change the way that you? would digest music would you sort of start to deconstruct it and, and think well you know how is that made and can I play that and, and, and work out how songs were put together as, as more of a sort of songwriter
2: I suppose I never really thought of it that way but I suppose I now really listen to music that I could n- probably learn to play yeah in some way or I sing Rich says it all the time so you listen to music you already know I find it I, I when I'm wanting to relax I like listening to music I already know
0: yeah I, I, I agree
2: yeah I find it hard. Like, I love John Grant. He's one of my favourite artists. But I find listening to entire albums hard when they're new. I like hear, like I happened upon, there was, it was called um, GMF, Greatest Motherfucker. I think Rich must, was that one of of Rich's? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's our song. Um, And... uh, that's yeah, we've, we've
0: got a song as well.
2: Maybe. Have you? What, so, yeah. What's yours? Uh-huh. You and Rich got a song? <laughs> no, We were not. talking about your wife.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Absolutely ridiculous.
0: <clears throat>
2: but yeah, um, it, it, I suppose I really listen to music that I can sing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Track four. The first record that you bought.
2: First record I ever bought was... Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's The Soundtrack, the first one. There are three soundtrack albums. Mm -hmm. There's one, and on the front of it is Buffy and Angel. And then there was another one, which was a sort of orange Welcome to Sunnydale uh, album. And then the third one was the musical episode. Right. I have all three. But the first album I ever bought was that first track. It was that first album.
0: Okay. Standout tracks.
2: Uh, Let me get them up, because I have forgotten the names of them. You
0: love Buffy, don't you? Yeah, I love it. See, I've never seen it. It's great. Um, my wife loved it and I remember, you know, when we got together, she would, she would be watching Buffy. Um, but I, as a DJ, she's two years younger than me, so she's 43. Okay. Um, but I got sent this album because I was a DJ and there was lots of, an indie DJ, there's, there's quite a few songs that you can play in an indie club, uh, on there. Um, but I want to know first what your your favourites
2: are. So, um, I love... <laughs> There's a romantic one on there called Lucky by Biff Naked, yep. uh, which was in an episode called Freshman, where Buffy gets laid with a new bloke after Angel leaves her and then he treats her badly. Um, but it's the sex song. It's the song that they shag yep. to. Um, I love that one. Virgin State of Mind by Kay's Choice is another yep. favourite of mine. Um it Doesn't Matter by Alison Krauss and Union Station is yeah. a favourite. And Wild Horses, The Sundays, oh, great song. Just,
0: I prefer that to the Rolling Stones version. I
2: do as well. I
0: think it's, when um, i done my, we've done top five covers, and that's my favourite cover version ever. I ju- uh, Harriet Wheeler, the, the vocalist in The Sundays, her uh, voice cuts me in half, it absolutely destroys me. And that song, and I heard it for the first time when I got sent that. Like, it's beautiful, isn't it? It just broke me. Like. It's
2: such a gorgeous song.
0: There, am I right in saying teenage FBI's on that by yep. Guided by Voices? Yeah,
2: that's I was just about to say. That one. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good That's a really, really great song.
0: I used to play that in the club. That that's a really good little indie banger. That
2: people love that song cause that used because when I so one of the other questions is. Um, my club song so we'll talk about this slightly in a second but um i used to go to indie clubs and goth clubs and anytime that song came on it would people would absolutely kill for it yeah um not not you know not not harm themselves i mean um although you wouldn't be uh wrong in thinking that some of them did (laughs) it's a goth club
1: ready to pop the question.
2: Maybe that's too contentious. Um, I had, um, Temptation waits by Garbage is also yes. a really great song as well. Yeah,
0: and that, I that, really
2: love Garbage. That would
0: appeal to the uh, the indie the indie goth, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, everyone loved a bit of Garbage. Yeah,
0: Shit. I heard a, I had a, a quote the other day. Um, Dom Jolly come and done this, and he was in a goth band when he was younger, and he said he always had the idea to do this album, and he never done it, and he said he just had the title which was uh, his goth album. He was going to call it uh, Young, Dumb and Full of Glum. <laughs> I just thought oh, that was good. fucking genius. Oh, that's a good album title.
2: <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, mine was Things That Fly.
0: Okay. That's my
2: goth album title. Nice. Things That Fly. Well,
0: um, the next track is the uh, the, the, the club clubbing. Also, your social... Pain
2: by Four Star Mary is also yes, great. Yes,
0: that's a great track.
2: Yeah, another indie banger. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, all right, well, look, but before... It's up to you. We can talk about clubbing, or do you want to get the song that you've chosen in for this? Yeah. Okay.
2: Nothing by A.
0: Which is weird.
2: I know, because you've got... You know them, don't you? They
0: live round the corner to you. (laughs) (laughs) I know. They're northern lads, but they all live literally literally two minutes from you.
2: I know. Rich told me. He's met them. (laughs) And I was like, who's A? And he was like... And then we were in the car, and he played Nothing, and I went, I used to get a finger to this. (laughs) that song that's a
0: good name for an album
2: I used to get a finger to this <laughs> so that song Nothing by A Tainted Love by Marilyn Manson yeah. uh, Seven Nation Army by The White Stripes are all songs and there's others oh what's the other ones
0: uh, so around that time you had I'm trying to think of that kind of metal-y stuff that was that uh,
2: but like dirty metal like sexy dirty like um, what was that
0: Cut My Life Into Pieces one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This
2: is my last reason. Yeah, that one. I that one, yeah, <laughs> one. yeah. yeah. Uh, that, uh, Papa Roach. Papa Roach, that's it. Well, I was, um, when I was 17, 18, I started, I, was a, I started being a bit of a skater goth. Right, is this in Bristol still? In Bristol, yeah. So I used to work at the Bristol Beer Colour, which is, uh used to have a night called Fucked, spelt with a PH. And, see, what um, I see what you've done there. See what you've done there. Normally an oompa night. Yep. Uh, with lots of girls in Lederhosen but then on a Friday night you'd have fucked and I ended up working there as well so I had a boyfriend there called Scott who was a door wo- woman no doorman right um, and uh, I used to work behind the bar and I, you just I used to just go there every Friday and I wouldn't leave till like 4 or I wouldn't leave till 7am because I became the cleaner as well um, but I ended up uh, you'd party all night, and then I would always end up in the NCP car park afterwards having sex with someone that I didn't want to have. <laughs> well, no, I did want to have sex with, but like didn't really, but yeah. did. Um, there was, I remember there was a lad who had a beard that was like twisted into two. No way. Two, two shaped like a, like the devil. The
0: system of a dan beard.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The system of a dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he had. <laughs> I once nearly met up with uh, what are they called? The Vandals. Yeah. I I I entered a competition to meet them. Right. I started. I I didn't date. I had this on and off thing with this dump drummer called Dan Hazard, from Reading.
0: Fuck off. Was there a drummer in a rock band called Dan Hazard? His
2: name was Dan Hazard. It was literally Hazard
0: was his real name. Was, I, Fuck off. Maybe
2: it wasn't, but I always. He never told me anything different. That's
0: a great name.
2: He um he we had this on and off thing for ages, and he um. Uh, and, and he really liked the Vandals, so of course I pretended to like the Vandals as well. Yeah. But I didn't really like them. Yeah. So to try and impress him, I sort of, like, entered this competition to meet them. And I nearly did, but then I had to do something else that night. Yeah. But I um, I used to love, like, the clothes. I love the baggy jeans. I used to, you know, like, I had my Vans and... Or I'd have my, um, oh, what the other ones that you'd have? A big chunky shoe. Beginning with B.
0: I know what you mean, like yeah, yeah,
2: big chunky trainer, and I'd like wear my, I had I'd have all my belts and I'd have all my chains and then what I like the studded belts? Yeah, I had yeah. All those. I I used to take standard t-shirts, like plain ones, and yeah. then I'd cut them up and then I'd stitch them back together again by tying knots or like putting safety pins. I um, I'd like have my hair all messy and like loads of black eye makeup and black nails that I'd then chip a bit before I got there. Yeah, and, and just used to pull boys. And just use to snog lads on the dance floor, and then when those songs come on, you just want to be next to someone because you would end up having the dirtiest fucking snog of your life, <laughs> straddled on a bench with like loads of goths around you, Like just <laughs> tonguing someone. I loved it. And a nothing. <laughs> I have I have nearly had sex so many times to that song. So nearly. Many times. So nearly. this is
0: this is them kind of I've like th- full-on snogs in a in a club.
2: I've gone third base to to nothing. <laughs>
0: Honestly, I can't wait for you to bump into Jason and, and Adam. Like, literally, that's, that's a conversation you need to tell them. Ask, I mean, and, and the bass player, he's a Radio and DJ now, Dan. Is um, he? Yeah. He, he's a he really good bass player. Lives in Lee. <laughs>
2: Does he? Yeah.
0: Oh, amazing. Give me
2: some love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, did mainstream clubbing not appeal to you?
2: No way. I used to get called fat in those clubs. Okay. Fuck that shit for fucking... I ain't doing that. Yeah. Go to those clubs and I get called fat by some chav in a Ben Sherman shirt. And then I found all these goths and and it was cool to be fat. Yeah. Like I've always loved being different than everyone else. I've never wanted to conform. I've never wanted to be popular. There has been part of me that's wanted to be popular or at least to be accepted by people. I just wanted acceptance. I didn't want to hang out with them, but I wanted them to accept me. So I kind of had that at secondary school. But because I was picked on at different stages of my life I've never wanted to be in the popular group I've always wanted to have my own group and be a punk and and be different than other people and those those oceanas and all of that were just full of basic people mm-hmm. all just like doing the same things to be honest with you that I'm doing the goth club
0: basic people, all these basic
2: bitches all like listening to shit music and I always knew that as well I knew that this was shit music and I knew the music that I was listening to at the Bristol Beer Keller was great music like nothing A is a great mm-hmm. song mm-hmm. but I knew that all this other music that all sounds the same is crap like the stuff that that you would get in a club now is like Ariana Grande, yeah. Taylor Swift, all of that stuff. I, you know, that we had our own versions of yeah. that when we were younger, and it was it would be the place where I'd I'd end up getting picked on for my or for my weight because I'd be trying to squeeze my body into some outfit that would, you know, like the only thing that basic people can wear when you're fat is like a blouse from yeah. fucking Evans. But when I used to go to golf clubs, I'd be wearing leather. I'd be yeah. wearing baggy trousers. I'd yeah. be like, you know, I'd be rolling fags. That's where I started smoking rolls roll ups as well.
0: So do you think? that kind of not kind of wanting to indulge in the kind of mainstream culture of, of that kind of do you think that you know you said that you didn't want to necessarily be accepted but do you think that that created like drive yeah an ambition
2: i just knew that like i just knew that the route to success is to have your own idea and then try and make people get on board with it That's what I, that's what I knew that I knew when I looked at success that I liked and that I wanted, it was always that. It was people that had sort of like been the first people to do the thing that they've done. Yeah. Uh, I've spoken about this a lot recently, but it's why I love drag so much. I love British drag, Mm -hmm. not American drag. American drag is rubbish and it's Mm -hmm. very old fashioned and like 50 years behind. Mm -hmm. But British drag is punk. It's the new punk. It's, uh, you know, punk used to be in the 70s. It used to be, like, The Clash and Vivian Westwood and all of those people, like, not conforming to... Mm-hmm. Society. But then that became the mainstream. Mm-hmm. So then I think that the new punk right now are these people that are just not... Like, <laughs> you go, <laughs> go to these gigs, these drag queens and, like, these costumes that are a bit crap and wigs that need a brush and chip nail polish and stuff. But, like, they do a really funny act.
1: Mm.
2: Being funny is, I think, one of the... Like being, yeah. for me, humor is a, a, a big part of that sort of punk attitude. Because the thing that makes people laugh is the opposite of what you believe. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I do not believe that comedy comes from people agreeing with each other. I think mm-hmm. comedy comes from people subverting expectations. And and you do that when you're a punk. Um, and and I uh, and the, the the sort of now RuPaul's Drag Race coming over to this country as well. I mean, ugh, I am eye rolling like fuck right now. I just think it's the worst version of drag there is. It's like it's all aping women and it's misogynistic. It's and I sound like a boring old fart when I say that, but please listen to it from someone who doesn't think like I don't I I'm not an hysterical feminist at yeah. all. But I think it's really old-fashioned to just be like, oh, like bitches, this bitches that. All these, like these men doing impressions of women, all not got, getting on with each other and stuff. Because yeah. it is true, yeah. women are, all, are awful to each other. But I just think that there's, you know, the drag performers that I love over here are just really good at performing, yeah. and um, they're not just people that put makeup on for four hours and they get up on stage and go bitches. There's more to things. There's more to it.
0: While we're talking about it, and where can where would you suggest people go? The Glory, okay.
2: Kings and Road, uh, little gay brother as well. They've got a club night at Amira, there's a nightclub in mm-hmm. London, and another one called uh, another one called Fabric. Have you heard of Fabric?
0: Fabric. Hmm. I think I have.
2: Uh, they're there tonight actually, but they're doing a, they they do huge things, so they're part of Amira and Fabric. There's also um, a group called Sink the Pink who do club nights uh, and a slightly more mainstreamy that is, but it's great because it's sort of queer and mainstream which is yeah but th- that
0: uh, as, as a club promoter for 27 years and, and promoter in you know I uh, uh, promote events in East London it all follows the gay scene wherever that goes everything follows yeah. fashion art music the scenes start there yeah that from my experience and like and, and you know wherever them clubs move to everything follows yeah like and it's pretty punk, right?
2: Yeah, mate. You know it's always been punk to be gay. Uh,
0: so for track six, favourite song from an artist from your hometown.
2: I don't know whether he's from Bristol. I couldn't work this out, but he's definitely a West Country-based mm-hmm. musician. he's called Gavin Osborne. Does a bit of comedy as well. But the, my favourite song is a song called Albert went out to see rock bands. Have you listened to it? Yes, yeah, brilliant. I cried when I first listened yeah. to that. I think it's gorgeous. So a comedian called George Rigdon. We were in a car and we were playing each other music on our journey. So we all like took it in turns. And he put that on, and we were all just me and Rich were just stunned, stunned into silence. Yeah, it's just a little story song about an old man who's at the end of his life, and he's in bed with his wife, and it's all about what he gets up to when she falls asleep. Yeah. And it's all about him reliving a, a, a time of youth where he'd go to rock clubs and, and like also this nostalgia for me as well. Cause that was what I did in my teenage years and he'd go to rock clubs and he'd be in mosh pits and, uh, you know, he's like, he, he they, it's so beautifully described. exactly a way get a kebab, on the, home, get a kebab on the way home, confused, uh, kebab street vendor, um, you know, like. The only thing that I find really confusing about the song is why is he throwing away his Dr. Martins at the end of each song? Like, at the end of yeah, Our yeah. went out to See Rock Bands, he takes off his, his Dr. Martin boots and throws them on the line outside. Yeah. And he open when he goes to bed and looks at his... Uh, I suppose that's the reason why, yeah. is that in the comfort of his own home, he also can look out of the window and remember all these fantastic nights yeah. that he's had. And the loveliest bit at the end is that all of us even though he's out having his fun, there's always a little nod in the back of your head, like, what about the wife? What does she think about this? Who's who's this woman? And then at the very end, it says, um, she opens her eyes and smiles, and uh, is just pleased that he got home safe. And I mean, that is love. Yeah. Like, it just is a love song. Yeah. It's just a love song. And I I would say, out of all songs, my favourite songs of all are all love songs. Yeah. There's no better way to... I like dirty, sexy songs that I can get fingered to. Obviously, yeah. yeah. But w- when it when it comes to emotive music, it's it's a love song, and that is the perfect love song. It's a great little story.
0: You need a Spotify playlist called now That's what I Call Fingering."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just literally a
0: comprehensive playlist. of six, songs to get fingered to. <laughs> six, six dirty love songs. <laughs> oh dear. Um, the, the I mean the the, the Gavin Osborne song. Uh, I mean, I should remind you all so that all of these songs. Uh, will be on a, a Spotify playlist called Off the Beaten Track with Jade Adams, not Songs to get fingered to. Um, <laughs> but go and listen to that, because it's kind of, it's got elements of, I would say, sheer and as a lazy comparison, but more, if you remember Niz Loppy <laughs> that done the Bruce Lee song, it's kind of got that sort of, not rap, but that kind of like fast talking that doesn't necessarily sit with the bars and the music. It yeah. kind of works around it
2: and then gets there. Yeah, and
0: yeah. It's, it's it's a really beautiful little track. It's
2: like Loudon Wainwright III yes. or Rufus Wainwright or someone like that. Tom yeah. Waits he's yeah. got that vibe about it as well. Yeah, um, it's it's perfect. Yeah, it's the perfect little song.
0: Um, how did you discover that?
2: Uh, George Rigdon in a car, comedian, played it, and we we were all sharing music right. in the car. Um, and then that was the song that he put on. We'd just put on... Oh, I'm Wichita... sorry, you, you said Yeah, I said You Mitch
0: said, like, yeah, yeah, cool, sorry. But
2: we'd just put on Wichita Lineman. Oh. Oh. Uh.
0: That song, that will be my...
2: I love you more than want you, and I want you for all time. No, I need you more than want you, and I...
0: And I need you more uh, than, than, than want, want you. you. Yeah. And I want, I want you, you for all, all time. time. Yeah, yeah. oh.
2: Because the Wichita Lineman... Is still on the line. <laughs> is, is that Morse Code?
0: <laughs> it must be, must It's Morse
2: Code. It sounds like yeah. Morse Code.
0: Because the guy, obviously that's Glenn Campbell, but the guy that wrote that, Jimmy Webb, oh, he wrote, have you heard Galveston as well? No. Oh, if you like Wichita Lineman, Campbell sings it as well. Oh, breaking enough.
2: Have you heard Elbow? Uh, Mirable.
0: Yeah, that's nice.
2: That's lovely. Rich and I uh, like fold at that yeah.
0: song. Yeah, There's a few that that, that literally crush me quite yeah. easily, and uh, but Wichita Lineman, that that would do. Wichita Lineman, it, it doesn't matter. Mate. And and I tell you what, there's a live version of REM doing that, mm. and it's and and you and and it's just really. There's there's no crowd there. They're sound checking and they do it, and his voice. is just he's cracking as he's trying to. Prolong that still on the line and like oh.
2: What my thing is about today's music is nothing is a story anymore. Okay. It's all catchy bullshit. It's all like you know. There's an incredible comedian slash musician called Bo Burnham, and he's got a song called um, Repeat, Repeat, Song, Repeat. Was it Repeat, Repeat? Thing? Is it a guy with an acoustic? No. Right. He's a an American Canadian maybe. I think he might be Canadian comedian. And he's got a song called Repeat This. I think it's Repeat This. And it's all basically taking the piss out of the pop industry, which is these, these you know, like, you know, like Justin Bieber's Sorry and stuff. It's just... Or or any of his songs just have these catchy tunes where they try and make young girls feel like they're speaking to them and they're just really vague sentences about, um, about women that they fancy so the girl can feel like they're a part of the yeah. story. And, like, these songs, like, Witch is a Line Man, like, people don't write music like that anymore. Like... It it it, it's just not it just doesn't exist or it does exist it does exist but no one is pushing it no one is pushing anything more than than all this other bullshit that I see on the internet like this stupid like that Kanye West song about hoes what was
0: that do you know what I'm not trying to be cool like I don't really I kind of my my wife listens to Kiss and the kids listen to to Ariana Grande and stuff like that and. And I kind of think, to my, uh, my wife coming there and I was sitting there and I had my, my eldest with me and I was showing a, a Morrissey video and literally Carol was like, what on earth are you doing? Are you trying to force Morrissey on our kids? And I was like, no, but it was that thing where there was people, grown men, trying to get on stage to hug him like you'd see at a One Direction concert. And I was trying to explain that These people love him because he's really talented and he's saying something and he's speaking to these people rather than it just being disposable, manufactured to try and get an instant response and and a quick sale and, and that quick gratification. And I don't know. I think with pop music, I do think it's a very difficult thing to make a pop song. To be able to tick all them boxes for them things that you you don't particularly like. But do you think that's, Jay, now nah, looking back, uh, at, f- at 13, 14, was you...
2: No, nah, I loved Wicked Music. Yeah. I loved, I loved, I loved. I was always had good taste in music for me anyway, and I still love them now. Like I love the all, all Saints are brilliant. Yeah, they were really great. Spice Girls were brilliant. They had some really great tunes, and they had like you know they had a real powerful message, which was girl power. And it was the only time uh, that that feminism was sort of uh, made simpler for the working class. Like I, lo- that was all the music I listened to. Is these these strong women smashing it but like just like you know some of them had little mini skirts on the Spice Girls but one of them wore tracksuit bottoms and she did high kicks and she yeah. didn't have any tits Yeah, and like I don't wear... <laughs> <laughs> and she had tattoos and stuff and like the All Saints as well like they would just wear their khaki like jackets and stuff yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't the same as it is now like all these bitches are just dressed like strippers yeah. like for example Beyonce right like maybe Run the World Girls is a good song Single Ladies is a great song and um, Love on Top, brilliant song, right? Most of everything else is just just really drony music to, to make, to, to just have people like sidestepping in clubs. And, and, I, and I don't rate, like, I went to see her show with Jay Z, and uh, I talk about this in my stand up, so I apologise if anyone's already seen me do it, but I talk about this a lot. I watched a woman who was at the top of her game, crowned the best female entertainer in the world right now. And she was on stage, dressed, I'm going to say it, like a stripper. Uh, she had, like, suspender belts on and mm-hmm. thigh-high boots and, like, a thong. And, I mean, she's just had twins. Mm-hmm. I make a joke, which is, let her wear a smock, for fuck's sake, you know? <laughs> and, like, she's there and she's bent over in front of her husband, who stood there wearing an anorak and a pair of jeans and white trainers. Mm-hmm. And she's bent over, shaking her ass at him. And uh, he's grabbing her ass and they're like singing to each other. And then behind her, uh, 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 a big sign comes up behind her. It says the word feminist. And I felt like, that, and everyone was like, whoa, feminist. People taking pictures for Instagram and all this sort of shit. And I was like, that image and that word do not marry up with each other. Yeah. She's doing something else. She's doing something else as powerful. What she's doing is she's showing that while she's at the top of her game and the man next to her couldn't accept how successful she was so he came over and he fucking, he cheated on her and he embarrassed her in front of the entire world. She showed everyone how she forgave him, how she was uh, understanding and compassionate, which is really powerful if she just put the words compassion behind her, it would have been beautiful. Yeah. But she put the word feminist behind her, but that isn't feminism. Mm. Letting your husband grope you after he's cheated on you on stage dressed as a stripper is not feminism. Like, I make a joke, which is I could stand there with the words Weight Watcher behind me. It doesn't mean I'm fucking doing it, does it? Yeah. Like, these these images and these and these things do not marry up with each other. This thank you next thing with Ariana Grande, in it, she's slapping her thighs wearing stripper boots... And like bent over and there's four other girls doing it and they're and, and, and at the same time it's being dismissive and it and it's meant to be like faux it's meant to be like feminism and it's not. And like when I was growing up, like all saints like were cool. Like they wore,
0: be, combats, right?
2: they wore combats, right? They were combats. They wore like a khaki jacket. Even spice girls were cool. Like they were just camp and it wasn't it wasn't over it wasn't overly sexualized. It wasn't. It wasn't like it is now. Even little mix like looked like strippers as well like just have better music yeah. it's basically the, just have better music and it's just a shame for Beyonce because she could for me it could have been incredible what she achieved but I think he fucked that up oh, I yeah. think she's trying to prove to everyone that her marriage is fine at the moment it's what it seems like anyway I might be wrong um, but it just seems like she's trying to prove to everyone oh my marriage is fine and look how much we love each other Yeah. but I, I just look like a cry for help I I make a joke on stage, which is I felt like that one guy in Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany? um, I felt like that one guy in Nazi Germany going, someone's not right here. Yeah. Why am I the only person here who doesn't think it? Try to sneak out of the room without going unnoticed. But it's not for me, that stuff. And I just think that, like, the Spice Girls are amazing. They were the last time that that anyone tried to sort of encourage uh, people uh, or working class women into feminism, which I think was really important.
0: Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast, and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through. And you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up get back to the podcast. See you on the other side.
2: I've spoken about feminism loads. Like, I mean, it's a really boring subject. But like, if you start engaging women into feeling like they can do something, basically, what it is, no one's direct anymore, and I get in trouble for it all the time. I get in trouble for do you? yeah, I get in trouble for being direct because people can't swallow it from me because I'm 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 loud and I'm crass and I swear and I haven't read a book in seven years, um, but I'm direct about my feelings about stuff. I don't read books. I don't fucking read books, mate. I've got a telly. I ain't got time. Yeah. Who's got time to read a book? I <laughs> mean people read, people read books so they can tell other people they read books yeah like I hate keeping books as well I don't I, we, our house isn't covered in them yeah. I'm not displaying my house with a load of books to try and pretend to people that I've read them yeah Rich and I argue about it all the time because I'm trying to throw away his stuff all the time I was like oh
0: well, you like that
2: well I just I just think we've got too much shit yeah he's always trying to get me to throw away my costumes yeah but I use them yeah whereas he'll buy a book and put it on the shelf
0: yeah do you know what I'm a little bit like that too. Yeah. And like.
2: What's it for? I don't know. It's i for other know. people to come around and see it on shelf?
0: No, it's not on the shelf. It's in the room next door. No one oh. ever goes in there. Um. One day I'll read it. I know I won't. I know I won't, but I can't bring myself to throw it away. I buy music and I've got fucking Spotify. Like, I think, oh, I've seen it. Yeah, that. Yeah,
2: but that. Like vinyl. Do you buy vinyl? Yeah. Yeah, and that's different. Yeah. Totally different. We've got vinyl. Yeah. Vinyl's, vinyl's cool. I like that. You can yeah. touch it. That's nice. But like books that you don't read that are just sat in your house cluttering up space. Yeah. We listen to all the records. Yeah. In fact, we put that on more than we put on Spotify. We're, we always put records on. We don't really listen to Spotify. It's only weird. In car.
0: Because I only listen to music in, in the kind of room behind this little shed. Um, but if I've got like, a lot of turntable in the house... But I can't really play music because I live in a house with two teenagers and my wife that don't want to listen to Nick Cave.
2: Morrissey. Oh, Morrissey
0: on a a Saturday afternoon. So uh, if I do, they're just like, seriously, this is really miserable. Can you turn this off? What is it about
2: Morrissey you like so much? Because I ain't found it yet.
0: Yeah. I get that. I get why people don't like him.
2: It's not even him. I don't. I don't care about him. I don't yeah. even know much about him. No, I don't. I know just too much literally about him. the music. I've never
0: uh, the, even
2: the even the Smiths.
0: It's the Smiths mainly, yeah. Yeah. I have yeah.
2: I've I used to listen to a whole album. The only song I liked was at the end of the the album called Asleep. Yeah. Sing me to sleep. to sleep. That's yeah. a lovely song. It's beautiful. Is there others like that? Yeah. Oh.
0: There's a light that never goes out. That's is that beautiful? Is that a good one? You must know that.
2: Jerry. I don't know that.
0: And there's a ten if a ten ton truck crashes into wow. us to die gonna by to your side have send me
2: some suggestions
0: alright I'll do it I'll do it uh, um, I'll add you to mine and Richie's uh, lovers playlist and you, you can absolute uh, <laughs> <pricks>. <laughs> you absolute
2: pricks you absolute pricks
0: right um, your last track Jade is a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear so this is your chance to kind of go right I'm DJing you probably don't know this <laughs>
2: Have I didn't know that that was a stipulation.
0: No, not really. It's just like. Actually, no,
2: I would bloody put this on it. Yeah. I would, yeah.
0: Yeah, you ain't got to be in a club. I'm just saying, this is your chance to kind of. You've got a captive audience and you want to play them something that you think they might not know.
2: And the waltz goes on, mm-hmm. played by Andrea Rieu. Uh, he is the waltz uh, guy. He's like really famous sort of uh, mainstream waltz bloke. He's got yep. an orchestra. But this was originally written by Anthony Hopkins. <clears throat> there's a really famous video of him playing Anthony Hopkins his music that he wrote when he was younger for the first time and he'd never heard it before he sort of wrote the score and then never did anything with it and Andre Ryu, um performed it for him And there's a really beautiful <coughs> video of Anthony Hopkins listening to it for the first time it's gorgeous right. I'm also very privileged but um, I will ignore that mm. um, he's a Welsh boy right he's fine Anthony Hopkins but it's a waltz waltz is my favourite Uh, uh, 3-4 is my favourite Uh, time what's it called
0: signature yes I know nothing about
2: dancing 3-4 1-2-3 1-2-3 is my favourite time signature in music
0: right yeah yeah I don't do the Strictly stuff because so I don't really know any of this. Oh,
2: no, no, music you listen to will have a three, four times signature. Yeah, 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 This isn't about waltzing. Yeah. This is about that. I like, I like a... bum da. Yeah. I love that. I, I love that rhythm, a repetitive rhythm. This builds, builds and builds and builds and builds and it just doesn't stop going and it, and it, and you feel like Gomez Adams in The Adams Family tang uh, like t- uh, dancing with morticia in the uh, like i like i love their relationship in the addams family it's my favorite it's the best bit about the addams yeah. family is Gomez and Morticia and how much they love each other passionately and murderously and yeah. uh, like guess what rich and i are like <laughs> like we could never split up because we'd want to kill each other <laughs> that's not so sinister just, at all we're just stuck forever yeah. he's my gomez and I am Jade Adams. <laughs> you are. Mm. But I, this waltz is romantic. It's dramatic. It, it goes through all different feelings. There's also this amazing bit in it that I love, which is where I don't know what the instrument's called. Oh, I wish I knew what it was called because it would make me sound really clever. But basically, I think the whole thing is in six or seven parts. And it just repeats, but then it's a different. Um, so there's like a section with a tuba. Mm-hmm. There's a section with strings. There's a section with like, um, w- uh, with like uh, I think um, there's no brass. Sorry, no, because it's all this string orchestra. There's a section where um, I'm gonna do the action for you. You play it like this. Harpsichord? Nope, not a harpsichord. You play it like you're winding up a jack in a box. Right. And goes, and it's like um, it's a whistle sound and. it's literally someone playing a box like this, uh, which is their hand is going around and around like you're winding up a jack in the box. Right. But it's a great moment in it. And then it goes and it swells back in. And in the very end has this moment where it sort of gradually builds up into this climatic finish. And then just as it's about to get there, there's this like gorgeous violin solo um, where, uh, uh, where you just like, it's just like, like everything's quiet and it's just this one guy and he um, he does the build up to the very uh, the f- very f- the very final moment in it. I think it's one of the best pieces of music ever written. Uh, it's gorgeous and it's like really, if you just, no lyrics, as I, you know, at the top of the show, which is nice that we've talked and told this, no lyrics, just great music. How
0: does it make you feel?
2: Makes me feel grand. <laughs> also, Blue Danube is a waltz. It's my favourite, 3-4 is my favourite time signature.
0: So, if you hear this at home, you dancing.
2: I don't dance now, I think.
0: Okay. Mm.
2: But you wasn't that right? It makes dancer, me feel confident. Right? Makes me, it'll be the music I listen to before I go on stage. Yeah? Yeah. I go on with that sort of energy anyway. I go on with this sort of like uh, unapologetic, l- l- you know, larger than life person. I don't go on apologising for anything. So, the more bodacious the music, the more. The more sort of up I feel, but this definitely—I would listen to this. We listen to it in the car. Rich loves it as well. Yeah. The two of us love it together. Um, uh, and when I told him that was going to be my final, he was like, "That's perfect." Yeah. But it's a—it's it, a stunning piece of music, and it's written by Anthony Hopkins, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And Andre Rieu is a really fantastic uh, yeah. uh, conductor, and uh, he plays the—I think he plays the fiddle. But he's also really talented. But he's very mainstream. He's like what your mom, your mum loves him. Yeah. But I love music like that. I love music that my mum, mums love.
0: So no one has ever described the track as bodacious. I'm loving that. Grand and bodacious in one podcast. Um, so you mentioned what you listen to before you go on, on stage. So you've had quite a year this year, haven't you? Yes. Um, what's, what's happening?
2: What's happening? I might have, but I'm not allowed to confirm it yet, but there might be... A commission of a series on uh, a very famous comedy channel uh, which uh, will be announced soon I have my show at the Soho Theatre at the end of January from the 31st of January to the 9th of February which involves 10 songs that I've written with uh, Richard Thomas who wrote Jerry Springer the Opera um and that's called the divine miss jade and that's basically a musical it's like a stand up musical theater show it's not musical comedy it's a musical theater show and um all the songs are about things uh, are, are about things that i there's a, 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 there's a rap i do called things i wish i'd known when i was younger which is like a, a list of things that i i wish i'd known like <laughs> i think one of them is a uh, don't have uh, one about um realizing that i didn't have to have anal sex ever <laughs> I wish I'd known that. Knowing that my beard would grow at some point, I never knew that either. Knew how to pay tax, but I don't know how to pay tax. Didn't know how to pay tax because it was never taught at school. But I could definitely go crass on Cotton Wool. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what is that shit about? <laughs> Teach me to fucking pay my taxes rather than rather than putting a condom on a banana. Yeah. The a- Soho theatre run uh, at uh, at uh, at the end of January is my next aim. Um, I think I'm going to be possibly fronting a cookery show on Channel Four. Wow! Um, so it's like a five or six-part series, but well, that's still—it's not been. All these things might happen, might not. But that that, that was—that's definitely in the pipeline. I'm a massive foodie, so I'll be, that'll be really great. I love food. I work. I've, I've lived with chefs. I've. I um. We used to work for a guy who was the head chef of 15. So like, food is a big passion of mine as well huge food music
0: we live by the seaside now so can you get oysters in late
2: yeah i can i can get oysters in 30 seconds off my door
0: what more do you want out no
2: we're having them on christmas day as well
0: really yeah
2: we've got the most christmas day uh, most amazing christmas lunch planned
0: right explain
2: so we're having tradition. We're gonna start with prawn cocktail, then we're having turkey, and then we're having chocolate fondants. Lovely. But the prawn cocktail has seven varieties of prawns in it. Mary Rose sauce is made out of sriracha mayonnaise and truffle mayonnaise, and then I've got like four varieties of lettuce underneath it with like incredible, like all different coloured chopped tomatoes on top of that as well. Then we're having a steamed turkey crown that I've got from a place called Ginger Pig. And it's been steamed in tin foil over the top of a bottle of a wine and stock. I've already made the stock. And then we're having like the crispiest, driest roast potatoes and wild potatoes. And cauliflower cheese with truffle. I bought the truffle already. Never spent so much money on something so small. Um, I can spend money on this stuff because I ain't got kids, by the way. Um, <laughs> that's why. One day I won't be able to if we add them, but I don't think we will. Chocolate fondant. Is a re- your really standard chocolate fondant uh, melted centre, but I've made a salted caramel sauce to go over the top of it, and we're having it with creme fraiche.
0: Then we've got Mate. The
2: cheese selection board. Then the day after, we're having lobster and oysters, so we're having like bays for the day after, a massive variety of fish, and that's when we're having the oysters as well. And then the day, and then on one of the other days, we're gonna have a beef Wellington because I've never made one and I really want to. Holy shit. Mm. He's he's a very lucky man, is Rich Wilson. Because in January the two of we're a pair of fat fucks and we're gonna get less fat as of January.
0: Are you gonna go for the whole January get fit thing? Yeah. Oh, my my wife bought me um, personal training lessons I've for Christmas. I've I've got one left, so I've been doing it for five weeks. Uh, the protein shakes and all that, and yeah,
2: fuck. I just is like, it working? I've got a
0: little bit of muscle in my arms, but I just fucking love a glass of wine, Jade, and I fucking love crisps.
2: Are you not allowed to have, like, yeah, I've noticed you've got some crisps here that, I mean, they're not very good for podcasting, are they? Well, What have you got here? Thai sweet chilli, mate!
0: Best ones, right?
2: Best chilli, oh, no, 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 no. No. Walker Sensation Lime and Coriander Poppadoms. Mate, I'm about to blow your mind.
0: No, I've had them. I've had them.
2: Are you not a fan? Oh, no, not
0: the... Yeah, the, the, they're like the, the little purple. mini poppadoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purple yeah. pack like this. Yeah, yeah.
2: Lime and coriander poppadoms. Yeah. These and those are the best.
0: So have you had... They're about three or four months ago, we was doing the Hard quality podcast and Chris come round and I don't know where he'd found this, like... I imagine he got them from the shop, like, where the guy got the gremlin, like, in gremlins. He just And this guy <laughs> just sort of bought it out from under the counter. It was wasabi... Sensations. Oh, mate. They're nice. Oh, it's game changer. Was it? Absolute game changer. Never seen them since. Like, yep, just the once. Uh,
2: uh, truffle chips in Selfridges are really good. I'm working in Selfridges. Chips as
0: in chips or crisps?
2: Crisps, sorry, not chips. Wow. They're called chips, but they've got truffle in them. They're amazing. Truffle's the best flavour in the world. Yeah. It's incredible. That's why it's so expensive, but it's an yeah. incredible flavour. Um, Little recipe for me. Sprinkle it on your cauliflower cheese. It's sublime.
0: How much did you pay for your truffle?
2: 45 quid.
0: Fuck off. Yeah, really? Like I mean, that's the size of a marble, right? For those that can't see that.
2: 45 pounds. That's ridiculous. I ain't got kids, mate. mate. I ain't buying fire trucks for Christmas, am I?
0: No. Truffles.
2: Truffles, mate. <laughs> Rich Wilson's going to be sick. Well, we basically... I don't often have time... Ta- I don't have time off. I'm a really busy lady. Yeah. But I've got a whole week off of doing nothing after Christmas. So Christmas and on for a week, I've got nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: So all I'm going to do, I'm going to, all I'm going to do is eat and eat and eat. Yeah. Because then come January, I am going to stop being such a fat fuck because I've been paying for therapy recently. Okay. She's made me realise why I, I, um, (laughs) the reason why I eat like I do it's because everyone tells me not to, because I'm a contrary little madam, and I'm a contrary. I don't know. I, we're still working that out. But I, I've now, I'm now like, no, I'm gonna do it. Are I mean, you, yeah, are you being bitter. punk
0: with your eating?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm a. I, I'm like you're. You're telling me that I'm uh, that I'm. Uh, the <laughs> the world tells me that I'm too fat. Well, I'm gonna eat more. Yeah. Um. But I've been feeling feeling things in my. I've got. I fucked my knee up doing a scissor kit to PJ and Duncan's I get ready to rumble I've mentioned this so many times will happen um, and I uh, and it, it's been hurting and it won't hurt as much if I just I'm all all I'm three pounds uh, three three stone that's it mm-hmm. it's not much for me it's not much weight three stone but Christmas mate I'm gonna I'm gonna live like an absolute prince I'm gonna be like Lord Byron lovely no forks no, <laughs> just hands
0: Jay enjoy your week off I will. And thanks for taking this evening off to come and uh, sit and chat music with you.
2: Thanks for having me. It's, it's been uh, terrific.
0: It's, it's been lovely to meet you. It's and, nice to uh, talk
2: about music and not have to feel like i got to impress anyone, because I spent my entire teenage years just trying to impress boys so they'd finger me with my yeah. very incorrect uh, taste in music, because I was listening to Britney.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to introduce you to Jason Adam from a fantastic... Um, Brilliant. Well, you're going to stick about and we're going to wait for Rich to turn up. Yeah, mate. Lovely. Thanks loads, Jade. Thanks, babe. What did I say? I told you, right? I told you you was going to enjoy that. How great is Jade? Just a brilliant chat. We laughed a lot. And as I said at the beginning, um, Rich Wilson turned up afterwards. And then we spent the next few hours eating mince pies and... uh, and drinking and laughing and having a really nice time. Um, it's quite well documented that the first time I met Rich to record one of these podcasts, we become good buddies. And and it's even better when you, you meet someone's partner and they're just as great and just as cool. So, um, yeah, absolutely smashing night. So thanks ever so much for Jade for, for coming down and recording. Um, and, yeah, thanks to you lot for listening so, have a lovely day, and I'll see you next week for another episode. Go and have a look at the Patreon page; it's all at offthebeatentrackpodcast dot Have a nice week. Bye bye. It's Off the Beaten Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stew. With him.